And as a reminder, this episode is brought to you by realwatersports.com. Real Water Sports is a place, uh, is an online store as well as a physical store where they just carry in a massive amount of um, surfboards, foil gear, wing gear, you name it. They have a hotel on site, lessons um, in foiling, kiting, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so huge gratitude and thanks going out to Real Water Sports. Please use uh, my affiliate code, Foil of the World. When you go to check out, uh, I get a little taste and uh, you get an upgraded shipping for free and it helps support the show. Aloha Foilers, this is Brian Finch of Foil the World, and today's special guest is Logan Newman from Jack's Beach. Logan is a foiler, photographer, project manager, very talented photographer. Uh, check out his work. We're going to be talking a little bit about it in this episode on Instagram, at FinsXLens, and his website is LoFi Media. The address is loxmedia.com. Welcome to Foil the World Podcast, Logan. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. We uh, haven't seen you for a while. I know. It, it's been a while. I almost you know, forgot what it was like foiling with you guys. It's been <laughs> so long. We've had kind of a terrible run of surf. Um, uh, I would say holidays. Yeah. It, we, honestly, after those two hurricanes came through, our sandbars were just decimated beyond belief so took like a couple months to recover from that it seems like it really did and now we we had uh you know a couple little swells and then it's just been terrible conditions flat cold yeah really (laughs) really cold these last few days especially we've had big plans shooting plans and we're always like yeah let's let's link up and and we just need the waves now yeah exactly so logan um let's share uh your background with the listeners where are you from where'd you go to school Okay, so originally from Colorado, but grew up in Florida. Um, started surfing when I was seven, same time I started skating. Unfortunately, I grew up in Pensacola Beach, Florida, on the Gulf Coast, so uh, really leaned on the skateboarding to fill in the gaps between between days that there were waves. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny, you'd wake up at like, you know, 6 a.m. for a dawn patrol, it'd be knee-high, by lunchtime, it'd be head high, and by sunset, it'd be knee high again. So, just like short windows for waves, um, which foiling would have been great at the time. I just didn't really know what it was outside of that. Uh, I think Dave mentioned it on your last podcast, Step Into Liquid. I was like obsessed with that movie growing up, and I saw him like, you know, strapping up with the booth and stuff, and uh, you know, foiling, but just never really thought much of it. But that was like 2001, so that was. Um, that it was released 2003 not sorry not to correct you but um was it 2003 yeah i believe so okay it's a little off crazy how long it took for foiling to like really i don't know we could call it mainstream yet but it it still took quite a while for you know the foils to develop to the surf and and be like widely accessible it was like 15 years of nothing from my perspective right I, i like i turned into um uh, pretty like hardcore short border for the most part never got like you know super crazy with it but did nssa stuff competed a little bit just just for fun um but you know being a short border in pensacola beach was just it was an uphill battle the whole time so eventually That's- i was like i need to get out of here what can i do i was about to graduate high school and i was like jacksonville like obvious solution get away from the hometown a little bit still close enough to drive and see the family but way more consistent waves out here so mainly came to jacksonville and unf just just for surfing which you know maybe i should have moved to california but (laughs) this is a good good in between uh so what are you up to nowadays bring us up to establishing jacks okay so uh day job is a project manager in construction or assistant project manager on on some some larger projects that we do uh photography is a big thing i was dabbling in video stuff for a little while but i which i i'll still do but most of my love is definitely focused on just shooting stills 
which it seems to be a dying art with the the rise of Instagram reels, as right. I'm sure you know. Yeah. Um, and other than that, just trying to get in the water as much as I can. I'm scared to get back in the water now since it's been like 20 degrees the last few days. <laughs> I just bought a 3.2 and I'm like, oh, I got to go get a 4.3. <laughs> uh, and booties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's going to be br- a, a brutal session tomorrow if we end up being able to have one. When did we first met? I feel like it was about... A year ago, I was already in Jack's through the summer, a couple months into spring. Yeah. Or fall, excuse me. So I think, I mean, that kind of goes back to how I found foiling as one of my like super early sessions. I was just out there kooking around kind of like, you know, like a hundred yards away from you and Eric and Alex and them. I was just like, you know, trying to peer over, see what you guys are doing and like figure it out from there. I remember seeing you, and it's most likely not the first day, but I do remember seeing you walk out, say hi to everyone, and then like march down the beach and find <laughs> yeah, your own peak. Yeah. You're like, you don't want to be around this. No, <laughs> no. It, it was, you guys were all super, super nice, it, which was like helpful. I mean, it's like the most overwhelming thing you could get into. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to keep my distance because I knew how dangerous it was and I'd already hurt myself. So I was like, I'm going to just stay away and just not even get in front of anyone i actually dropped in on you really bad ones you were like oh logan and that's why i was like all right i'm i'm going (laughs) it was a really nice ramp section yeah searching for but it's all good that's so funny i'm such a dick man um but it's i mean that's the beautiful thing everyone knows about foiling is just the culture you know the inclusivity the um the amp to share share that experience you know that this new sport and it just brings so much joy to people's lives and i guess this dude is- yeah it's great especially like i'm we'll dive into this just like i guess how i got into photography but uh what i found the difference between you know shooting surfing and shooting foiling um just like surface level and cultural culture wise i guess was uh uh surfers are great but it's a pretty like niche little not niche but like a pretty gate kept little community that's hard to break into if you're not one of the the like og guys around here or something and it just turned into more of a chore shooting it than i don't know i would hang out with like you and eric and like everyone was so stoked that i'd be in the water shooting photos and like so just you know frothy on the whole experience so much more enjoyable to be around everyone's super positive um which you get a little bit that in surfing too but people tend to be a lot more aggro and like angry all the time. And I was like, it's just not really what I want to sit around too much, even though I love surfing and I was a part of that. In the surfing. Yeah. That's, there's that scarcity issue, right? Yeah. It's it's, there's, you know, the waves are in less abundance when you're on that, on that, um, drag carpet. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And as a photographer, like I always knew that was going on a lot when, you know, I was out there surfing, you know, amongst these guys, but, um, once I got behind the camera in the water, I got a whole new perspective of the whole scene and just like just the aggression that was happening on every wave. And then, you know, one one good set comes through and there's five guys on it. And it's just like everyone's upset. Everyone's fighting for the same wave. It's like, uh, I don't know. It just wasn't as fun to be around. Do you think the level of aggressiveness uh, is ramped up when you're in the water and people see the water housing and they want to get the shot? There's a lot of that. There's a lot of people that it's funny. They'll get on Instagram and be like, I hate all these photographers that are out in the water, but they're the first ones that will be like, hey, did you get any photos of this one <laughs> wave? And I'm like, did you see my triple overhead barrel oh, at Jack's Beach Pier? Never. Did you catch that? <laughs> yeah. I, I can't say I'm not guilty of that at times in my life. Oh, we, we everyone loves to get the shot. Yeah. I mean, and I love giving it to them because. You know, seeing someone that excited, like, oh, he got my wave. Like, it's great. Like, yeah. I, I don't know how much listeners know, but I was, you know, a professional photographer for about 20 years. And I started, start, I guess, I, my first professional gigs were surf photography. Um, and, yeah, I, I know what you mean when you come <laughs> yeah. to that. Like, the joy of, like, you caught someone's best wave or just a good turn or something yeah. and someone that doesn't often get photos of themselves and exactly and like just that glow and the, and the gratitude that comes from that. Um, and then just, you know, personal achievements like, yeah, I, I got a great shot of homeboy. Let me go hook him up. It's exactly. Just, it's a, it's a win-win all around. Yeah. It's a beautiful For thing. Sure. Some of the best 
parts of that are like um pretty much like you said getting photos of the guys that don't have the camera on them 24 7 because like everyone's got that where they have their moment and it's like a beautiful wave and it just works out for the guy that's you know typically deemed a kook which i totally am a part of that um but i don't know giving them their photo capturing their moment they're so stoked um there's guys it's great shooting amazing surfers but they get endless shots it just doesn't feel as special um a little, little different with foiling because you know taking photos of uh me foiling is not going to be nearly as fun as taking photos of you eric or or austin <laughs> putting on like some air shows but especially austin yeah yeah he's unreal let's get into a little bit about your campaign shooting austin um foiling mag here in a bit i, I want to talk about that first Let's bring it back to when you were living with um, Alex and Nick um, on 14th. Yep, yeah, 14th. Yeah, it was 14th, a couple blocks back from the beach. Yeah. Uh, the first time I went over to you guys' house, was, I was not <laughs> jealous, but I was I was like, how do I explain it? I was like, I want to live here. Like these, <laughs> It's yeah. just three dudes with a massive garage full of surfboards and motorcycles and like a jacuzzi in the back and some dogs running around i'm like this looks fun yeah it was a, honestly alex alex ruptosh he, he really kind of like you know cultivated that environment for the most part because he's so like eclectic and all over the place and always has to be doing something so he's the man of a thousand interests exactly exactly and toys <laughs> yeah yeah he's got, he's got a bigger problem than than we do i think <laughs> he just yeah he's a funny guy but living with him it was actually interesting uh how I really got into foiling was directly through him in the way he got into foiling was simply because we lived at the end of Eric's street. Right. So anytime we'd go to the beach and just hang out, walk the dogs, you know, just go vibe out there. There's always some dude like hopping around on this like crazy looking thing that we had never like we knew what foiling was, but never really like saw it ever so we it's so different in person at your home break yeah yeah it puts it, it into it looks crazy. perspective exactly and you know we alex and i especially um nick dabbled in surfing a little bit but alex and i especially had been surfing forever we're both real into it um so watching this guy in a foil was just like pretty interesting experience and then we'd see him like every day like this guy's out there constantly even when it's flat we're like something's got to be wrong with him that's just how Eric is, though. He's <laughs> on it constantly. Um, Alex ended up getting a slingshot converter, which is like this five foot six heavy, like, I don't even know what you'd use it for. Maybe a kite or something. And, Learning uh, winging, I think. It didn't float very well either. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of like a horrible board all around. But uh, I don't think he was able to ask Eric too many questions and like figure out, you know, what to get at the time he's just trying to like get out there and like kind of be with you guys as much as possible i feel like alex's style too is he's less, just like i'm gonna ask question yeah. yeah it's like I, I i can figure this out yeah yeah so he, he did that and then he got the nash jet which is actually the foil i ended up learning on uh heavy heavy aluminum thing mast uh, fills with water yeah yeah but it works for you know just popping up and going so he you know, explored around on that for a little while and then ended up buying a signature from, from Eric. So he moved on to the signature, huge upgrade. And that's when his foiling really took off. And he's like, hey, he like, that's the reason why we had so much crap at our house is uh, he was always looking for someone to do something with. So right. he's like, if I'm doing this, you guys need to get in on it too. It's like, I'll buy two. It, that's <laughs> how he is. That's exactly what he did. So he ended up like piecing this, board together with that nash jet on it and um let me like tool around on that a little for a little bit and my first session out i had just recovered from like a broken wrist from skateboarding and i was like pretty i wasn't trying to go surf at all and alex was like go you need to go like get on this foil right now first session out there fracture my my uh my finger just like where the mast hit it i just, I don't know. I tried to get up on a wave that was top to bottom. It launched me, break my hand again. I was just like, <laughs> was it the I same side? Foiling. Uh, no, other hand. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it, it was rough. Um, but 
that moment, despite the, you know, searing pain I was in, I was like, this is crazy. It just like launched me out of the water. Like, what is this? I think it's the same experience we all go through where it's just like, this is different. Like, this is really cool. Yeah. You nearly die and then you're hooked for life. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of the the foiling. Yeah. Yeah. But it it was, it kind of came full circle. Um, You know, we ended up starting to talk to Eric and like hang around him a little bit once, you know, we were actually out in the water and he's like, who are these guys? You know? So started talking to him. I was looking around Facebook marketplace for a foil and I ended up buying a unifoil 210 from a guy down in Daytona who had actually bought it from Eric. And <laughs> I don't know. It was funny. Cause I bring it back up. He's like, Oh dude, that's my old foil. Like that's what crazy. The percentage of foils that use that use foils purchase in Florida that Eric is. <laughs> I think most of them come from <laughs> Eric in the board. I was on too, was this like, uh, I think it was the first foil board he ever made. It was fiberglass and it looked like a Dorito and it's super <laughs> heavy, just like ter- terrible, like in hindsight, but for just like popping up and learning great, like super floaty, probably like 40 liters. That's kind of how, yeah, that's kind of how I found foiling was through Alex, which was through Eric, which was because we live next to him. Right. Yeah. Um, so your guys, uh, you guys got kicked out of your house there on 14th. It was time to move on. Yeah. The bro crew but splitting up. Splitting up. It was a sad, pretty sad day. Um, landlord wanted to move back in and I was kind of going through my quarter life crisis, trying to figure out, you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to stay here? Do I want to keep roommates and all this stuff? And, uh, ended up just wanting, it's funny. I ended up wanting to move out on my own because I was embarrassed to try and record podcasts when there was other people in the house. (laughs) I don't know (laughs) if you've gone through that at all. It just felt like so, so like cheesy for some reason, even though like Alex and Nick didn't care at all and they were pretty supportive of it. I was just like, I need a place where I can just like be a kook on my own and like experiment with these things. Creative solace, right? Exactly. Which in hindsight uh, wasn't what I needed. I just thought it's what I needed. Right. Yeah. Being alone has cultivated some of that creative uh, zest, I guess, if you want to call it that. But being around them two in particular was really what motivated me most of the time I came to find out after the fact. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. Having, having a crew is, is, uh, okay. So nowadays you're, you're living on your own couple, you're being closer to the beach now. Yeah. This is a cool house. We're at your place. It's a great little bachelor pad. Nice Um, steps to the water. Hard to complain. Got your two doggos here. Yeah, clicking around. (laughs) Okay, so you're living on your own, blocked from the beach. Uh, You're focusing on, you know, surf photography, beach culture, photography. Um, I love your photography, by the way. Thanks, man. Super talented. Um, You have a very clean style. And in the world of surf, foiling, ocean photography in Jacksonville, there's a lot of challenges there. Um, You know, one, surf's not super consistent. Uh, conditions not super consistent. Uh, Water's brown. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Funky colored water. Yeah. It's very hard to get background into your into the photos here, shooting here. Yep. You know, uh, you know, someone's got to be passing you. you you've got to really. You have such a finite amount of angle to work with to capture the action and have you know some interesting backdrop to you know to help fill the photo. How do you work around that? Because uh, you do s- such a good job of really capturing you know a moment in the subject you're not you're not you're not relying on like tropical backdrops in your in your images like much of my surf photography which would be nice i would love a tropical backdrop um a lot of so i see this evolution a lot with people that get into surf photography and it's the same kind of evolution that i went through and it starts out with I'm taking pictures of people surfing or foiling and it's just that straightforward. It's like, Oh, that guy's surfing or foiling. I'm just going to shoot photos of it. And then I started, I, it actually happened once I bought this printer and I started printing photos and I was like, you know what? This is interesting to the guy that's 
you know, surfing or foiling, but how do I make this interesting enough to where I can print it and it would look good on somebody's wall? And is kind of that shift in mindset where it's like, okay, well, what's, what are the, what am I trying to convey? What are the important parts of the scene? And why would anybody care? In essence is what it came down to. So it's uh, shifting that mindset from just capturing the thing that's strictly happening to capturing everything that's going on around it. Um, so really the thought that's in my head, anytime I'm out in the water shooting is like, what would look good on my wall? What would look good on my wall? What would look good on my wall? Right. Just over and over and over. And then once you kind of, you know, drill that into your head, you can start, you can really start making something that's different from what you see typically. Um, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, just snapping photos from the beach. That's where we all start. And there's a good place for that. There's, I mean, it's documenting what's happening. There's always going to be an important place for that. But I kind of wanted to gravitate away from just being a documentarian, I guess would be the word, to being more of an, uh, you know, quote unquote artist. And it's, it's a great, perfect description. Yeah, you know, your 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 work is works of art. You know. Thanks, man. Yeah, and then I started, you know, drilling down even further from that. From you know, how can I improve this this art artistic thing I'm trying to do. And then I started really focusing on black and black and white work or black and gray because, you know, color removed, um, color is an interest all on its own, uh, which, you know, a beautiful sunset can make an okay photo. Great. So remove those beautiful oranges and teals and all of those colors. And you're really left with kind of the bones of what makes a photo special, which are, is truly the, the content of which you are shooting and how you're shooting it. You can't rely on it being so pretty um, color wise as much as you have to rely on, you know, your, your angle in your eye and kind of what you're trying to lighting. Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, that's what photography means. You know, the art of capturing light or drawing light basically. Um, so I recently got to do a great shoot with, Austin Tovey. I don't, I don't know if that's something you wanted to, to bring up, but, um, yeah. Um, the issue, what issue, what issue are we in for in the Mac? Uh, 14. Oh, they're right there. <laughs> Just grab I, we have to look. I, f I forget. Yeah, it is 14. That's the same. Yeah. I didn't want to say 14 because Tonic Mag just put out the 14th issue. Okay. Like, no, that can't be. Yeah, so actually, on, on that subject, before I, I go into that shoot with Armstrong and Austin Tovey, uh, you, th just thanks, again, kind of set up this connection with Foiling Magazine and the editors over there. And for issue number 13, um, was my first magazine debut ever. And I thought it was just going to be like one page. And then you're like, nah, bro, you got like, three or four pages in here and I was like oh my god like that's I just never would have saw that coming because it's just kind of something I dabble in for fun and then now I'm in a magazine that looks beautiful and I'm like this is this is pretty sick I like this yeah it it was yeah great I, I can relate I remember the first time I was published and I was like I can't believe my photos in uh surfing mag or yeah surfer or whatever it was back in the day trans world surf something like that yeah yeah and it's yeah it's it's a, it's an accomplished feeling, and it's it's beautiful to see your images, you know, in print, in a publication. There's just there's something about it, you know. It's tangible. Um, exactly. It's, it's certainly an achievement. Uh, I'm I'm super happy to to see you uh, take the ball and run with it, and then shoot this Armstrong campaign with with Austin Tovey. Um, those images are sick. I saw some of the ads, Thanks. some of the some of the editorial you know shots they're they're just so good and how good is austin oh uh, dude that was just that was just a setup for success so he had his uh his model board that was coming out the wkt the weight kite toe and um you know a austin is just unreal at everything he does so <laughs> shooting photos of him is a great time for me he was like hey man like i got this project i'm doing for armstrong do you want to come shoot photos like we're going to go take the boat out tomorrow. Like come with, I'm like, you know, say less, <laughs> dude, I'm there. I'm already there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to go. 100%. I'm at the dock. Yeah. So I, you know, got to shoot a lot of that, um, that wake foiling, which I had never seen in person before. And, you know, just coming from where I've only ever 
dabbled in prone and then seeing that it's wild. Like what him and Noah Flag will do, like the, I don't even know what to call them, backflip McTwists. Yeah. And <laughs> have, that's what it I looks can't even like name the, the tricks they're doing. Yeah. It's too wild. Too and tight. I just like, I got so frothy on it just watching him. Um, went out and did a, a kite session too. I'd never really gotten to watch much kite surfing uh, or kite foiling ever. I'd actually never even seen kite foiling before. And then <laughs> they're out there, him and Chad Porter doing these like like 30, 40 foot airs, it looks like. Just insane. Yeah. Like spinning the board around and like it, it was wild. And the, Super the, cool the ground, the kite foilers covering the air is insane too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it is wild. But <laughs> launched here and landed way down there. Exactly. Another thing I realized while doing that though is like, it looks super uninteresting to shoot stills of that. Um, so you really got to try and like finagle a way to make it to, to capture the whole scene. Cause you're either going to get the kite yeah. or the guy with the board. So what I ended up having them do, which is kind of what makes, you know, shooting foiling a little bit more dynamic than surfing in, in a lot of, a lot of the ways that I've experienced, I haven't done any of the big wave stuff. I can't speak on that, but um, I needed them to go directly over my head somehow um, so Austin gave me a helmet cause I'm like, this is a little dangerous. I'm out there like treading water, holding this super heavy camera above my head. I'm like, just go straight above me. And I'm just going to snap and try and follow best I can. And, uh, made for some really sick shots. It was like a pretty gray, nasty day out too, but I don't know, but that, that's why I like the black and gray stuff. It's like, right. I can make that look pretty. Um, the shots are killer. Yeah. What, I was stoked. Do you have, um, best shooting advice for, for foiling best shooting advice for foiling okay so from just one note from the air flying a drone in capturing foiling way different experience than capturing surfing surfing you can just like lock on and follow foiling yeah, you just put your drone on track yeah or not track mode but yeah you're yeah. basically on on you know imaginary exactly. rails exactly um first time i uh, tried to you know fly the drone was with Eric and I'm like I don't know where he's gonna go he's like left right out back in is like so hard to follow and which that you can only get good by putting in reps and then also learn foiling yourself helps a lot because you're kind of able to gauge what the person's about to do it's early, much easier to predict the line exactly and, and, and yeah what's coming yeah. next early on it was like pretty much a crapshoot. I was like, I don't know where he's going to go. So I'd pretty much, you know, tell you guys like, Hey, come near, where should I be? And then come near me within this much distance. It reminds me of uh, the pro professional tag game. <laughs> Have you seen <laughs> yeah, that on the yeah. internet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Grown exactly. men playing professional tag. And like, it's kind of like that. Yeah. There's all these obstacles. You have no idea where they're going to go next. Hectic, super hectic. Um, I wouldn't say it's, there's moments that are special surfing and then there's moments that are special foiling and i don't know if your board's all the way in submerged foiling like it, it just doesn't look great like you want to see them you want to see the foil you want to see what's happening um getting a tip out or getting someone like just really on rail that's a i mean good scene to look for and also just um there's a lot of ugly moments with pumping and stuff. Certainly. <laughs> so, Certainly. you know, trying to avoid those. Just, I don't know. I always just think, you know, what's interesting to me? I'll shoot that. Pumping, not too interesting. So I'm just going to wait for the moments between where... That being said, you have a really cool photo of Eric kind of like knees down. From the knees oh, down. yeah, yeah. Like pumping back out. But it's, you know, the subject yeah. was more, you know, the... That was real focused on... Um, the no limits foil he was riding. I was really trying to kind of like capture that. That was actually the very first time I had ever uh, shot in the water too, or shot foiling in the water, which the whole reason I bought that water housing and my drone was because of Eric. He was like, yo, you, you shoot photos, right? And like you shoot videos. He's like, can you help me out? And I had none of the gear to help him out. But I was like, I need to do this. I want to do this so bad. So Got the drone, got the water housing. He's the first person I told him when I bought the water housing. I was like, no, dog, Dogs. sorry. Uh, I was just so frothy. I was like, dude, I got the water housing. Let me know when and where. Let's go. Let's get it. So, yeah, he was a big motivation to kind of like really get me into this initially. Well, weird. It's static when you're like, hey, I've got the drone. 
water housing. Let's get it. Because um, there's something special going on at Jack's here, the foil movement. There's, you know, talented, talented writers up in this area. Oh, dude, we have the insane. We have the waves. Yeah. That was another big draw just coming from surfing was like uh, I'm, when I'm surrounded by you, Austin, Mike Pedigo, Eric, it's like Robbie. I'm around some of the best. Yeah, dude, rap, Robbie kills it too. And he's always down to get out in the water and, and shoot too, which has been a huge help for me just putting reps in both foiling and, and with shooting photos. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of just like the perfect mix. I just got lucky, ended up around like some of the best there are. And uh, yeah, snowballed from there. Made great <laughs> connections and some cool opportunities. So uh, let's speak a little bit about discipline. How do you stay disciplined to you know keep grinding on your photos, the day job, taking care of you <laughs> yeah, know th- these the loud pups, the house sprinting around. Um, in a recent uh, post, you mentioned that you went from 170 pounds to 220 pounds in a yeah. year. And earlier when we were setting up the podcast, I was like. I had mentioned, you know, something about discipline and you're trying to say you're not disciplined, but anyone that can do that, put in a, a straight year of that solid discipline and gain muscle mass like that. And then your output on social media. And then, like I said, maintaining the day job and then trying to get your own foil, foil reps, surf reps out there. Yeah. Well, it, it, it was funny when you said that, cause it was like, I don't feel disciplined at all. I'm just like, a lot of times it's just me going through the motions of, life i feel like i want to live you know um yeah sorry there's some some dog background some drama going on with uh with a lot of that and kind of my motivation to, to continue doing a lot of it is um i look forward and see the life i want to live in 10 years and i'm just thinking you know what steps do i have to take to get there i want a strong body i want a good foundation to kind of carry me through my elder years hopefully and i read that you know it's good to establish that around your 20s so grinding try and get as strong as i can and like as limber as possible which coincided well with the foiling because you know one leg was two inches bigger diameter than the other and i was like all right i gotta go do some squats and even this out (laughs) even out my pump legs yeah yeah gotta even out the pump legs and then just like building the cardio and the strength to be able to foil um something that i think eric mentions every once in a while but it's uh man it's the most physically intensive thing that i've ever done so i was like i gotta train for this and i was like okay well just stay in the gym anyways not just for foiling but you know i've always been super skinny i was like i want to get way bigger i want to be you know strong limber just set for life and then the day job pays the bills so that's pretty easy you know it's like okay i gotta sustain this lifestyle foiling gear and camera gear is pricey and does not pay for itself so that's kind of barely pays in general (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, few and far between with the paychecks there uh, but I, I like what I do as a project manager. I um, am very technically inclined. There's another big draw to foiling. You know, it's so it is really technical. And then what I do for work is a lot of a lot involving, you know, numbers and designs and stuff like that. So I just get to I want to nerd out in every aspect of my life. You know, right. I take the gym to a new level of just being a nerd about it to my day job to foiling photography. Photography too, which I use. It's funny as I've gotten better, I guess you could say I've taken it less serious and tried to make it more of a fun experience than anything else. Um, when I was just going hard doing like real estate shoots and a bunch of, you know, shit that I didn't like, it made me really hate taking photos. So I just refocused on you know, what it is I want to capture and that made it much more enjoyable and much easier to lean into. And I guess, as you say, you know, be disciplined in because it's just fun. It's easy to be disciplined in what you enjoy. So what is your, your, the life you want to live? What's it look like? What's your vision for, for the future 10 years plus? No work, one child, gorgeous wife, life on an island. (laughs) No, but I, I really, um, not that it matters too much, but I want to have some, I want my kid 
kid or kids, if any, to look up or look back and say, wow, what my dad did was incredible. Like he built this thing. He was a great photographer, a good man. I just want to, I want to leave behind some sort of legacy that I feel like is significant, which, you know, is definitely a self-serving venture and, you know, what is a legacy and what is significant. But, um, I just, I just really try and focus on, um, what would my kids or grandkids think about what I've done with my life? And if it's not impressive, I try and do something that would be more impressive or inspiring, something to kind of like, you know, pass down the line. Like your daddy was a, you know, photographer, like here's a camera. Right. Like, you know, I, I just want something to give the other people in my life. So that's, yeah. right. It seems like setting down um, the possibilities for, yeah. for your children. Like you can do, you know, this is what I did. You can do yeah, something it, big. Exactly. Which, you know, it's also, like I said, it's also for myself. I just want to be, like, I want to feel good about what I do and what I put out in the world. And uh, for the longest time, I, I just felt like I wasn't really contributing to much, even even though I was. I mean, I was in high school, college, just focused on that. But afterwards, I was like, all right, time to actually figure out what direction you're going to go. What are you going to make? What are you going to leave behind? So I want to read this caption from a video that you posted on July 14th. Um, it's of a longboarder girl uh, in an orange cat. bikini cat. Cat nap. She's, she's a rad longboarder. Um, and, and the caption reads, I always feel like it's good to question yourself. Like, what, uh, like, why do you do what you do? Is it for the love of it? Do you like the attention? Do you feel like it brings you fulfillment? Is it something that's good for you, good for others? I found that asking this question has helped me to find some level of purpose in what I create. Sure, I love attention. As an artist, one of the best parts about what you do is sharing your work and seeing others hopefully enjoy it. Consequentially, it is a self-serving endeavor as well, especially on social media. The only way it seems that you are truly able to share your work with the masses is to play the game that serves the algorithms the best. Is this speaking to... Um, I guess on on the micro is just speaking to uh, Instagram reels and still photography like yeah. declining. So I uh, I've actually been accused recently of being a cynical artist, which I guess <laughs> happens. But the the purpose behind that was really a lot of the people I looked up to and a lot of what I thought made you significant in this scene was how many followers you had and how many likes your photos would get. Yeah, I, I think everyone kind of goes through that naturally, you know, when they start taking photos. But uh, I stop. Stop that. Sorry. Dogs again. So a lot of um, a lot of that came from a place where I started to get frustrated with my work and I started to become kind of a cynical artist. But I noticed a lot of what was popular and a lot of what was um you know, just kind of getting promoted on Instagram. For some reason, I lived my whole world through this Instagram lens instead of just, you know, focusing on the real life outside of that. But um, everything was a trend. Um, the only way to succeed is to follow those trends. So it just created this very homogenous pool of, of work where everyone's photography was looking the same. Everyone was posting the same reels with the same music becomes an echo chamber, huh? It, it is an echo chamber. And it's not to say that any of that is bad, but I started to ask the question like, okay, what is my purpose for doing this? Do I just want followers? Do I just want attention? Am I interested in this for the right reasons? And I think that's a good good thing for anyone to ask themselves in, in any respect, you know, um, especially with stuff like you know, photography being very social media focused. It's like, are you doing this because you love to create things or do you love how it feels when you get a follower? Which, you know, you come to find out a lot, a lot of it is focused on just wanting to be popular and wanting to be, you know, a, a part of that game. Uh, trying to not sound too much like Joel Tudor being real cynical on a <laughs> podcast right now. You know, we need to go take it back to the way things used to be. But, um, yeah, uh, I, I just felt like it was an important question to ask myself. You know, why why do I do this? Why do I like it? What's important about it to me? And um, yeah. I feel like when you do sort that stuff out, that's where you find 
you know, your passions. That's exactly. how you filter out um, what's valuable to you to you and what's not. Yeah. And how you and, and then you can double down on what you really love, right? Exactly. Because I was focus. playing that game. I mean, I was posting the reels. I was trying to do all the right things. I was Googling, how do I get more Instagram followers? Because um, that was like the metric for success. It's like, oh, a company sees you've got 20,000 followers. Of course, they're going to pick you. And now I'm realizing that that's not really so much the case. It's like, you know, your network and your skill are really what takes you far. So here, here's another post I want to talk about. And it's you. It's a still you holding the two dogs here. Um, and you, you, you label it uh, self-promotional content, <laughs> which is funny. It's uh, this year, I, uh, you completed 13 commission photo shoots. You completed uh, you know, a $10 million interior renovation. You didn't get, get scammed by NFTs, which is hilarious. <laughs> you learned how to cook a killer steak, uh, complete your seventh year in construction, fifth year with your employer, got catfished. You got to tell me that one. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. Internet dating is something else. Okay. <laughs> is that the full story? <laughs> uh, they were. It was the same person, but they did not look the same. <laughs> Yeah, it's a great first date story. <laughs> I tell girls about the time I got catfished on Tinder. Yeah, yeah, you learn a lot. You know, you gotta you gotta stumble before you can get back up. Twenty twenty two. You also you have uh, three magazine features as well. Yeah. Yep. And we did cover a little bit of that, but that's a big year. That's a solid year. It sounds like you're you know taking off uh, goals and. Dude, yeah, it is funny because. You know, going into any year, it just feels like it's going to be normal. And I, in, as, you know, big events happen, you recognize their significance. But it's not till um, the end of the year when you put all that together that you can actually see the growth that you've had and how much you've actually been able to, to accomplish. Because, you know, I just kind of stumbled through the year. These great things happened. Um, but it wasn't until I, about the time I posted that uh, a few weeks ago that I was like, damn, like you got some shit done this year. Like right. I wasn't expecting that. Like, cool. Well, the, you know, dealing with you in, in the foiling photography side and the magazines and stuff, like you just say yes. Like, yeah. yes. You don't have like, a choice. Like, okay, I, I, I'm working nine to five, but outside of those hours, as early as you want, as late as you want, like you, you say yes. You're, you're, you're hungry. Yeah. You're going for it. And that's, I think that's why you're, at, you know, you're stacking those accolades up is, is you're just up for the challenge, which is a beautiful thing. So <clears throat> back to foiling a little bit here. Um, there's two stories I, I, I would like you to tell. One is uh, breaking your, your Takuma. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember it's kind of a funny yeah. story. Did you assemble it backwards at some point or? No. Uh, wasn't that? I'll be nice to them. But I think uh, I, I got the Takuma coming from the Unifoil 210. I got the... I bought the 1210 Takuma from Eric, which first day on it, I was like, oh my God, this is a game changer. Like I, I can turn, it's fast. I am stoked beyond I remember um, like seeing you just get up and just pump. Like, yeah. I, I think he's going to the horizon. You just yeah. get up, you're like, this is amazing. <laughs> it was. I, <laughs> I know the kept... session you're talking about too. I was like, this is, I, I started making like real good connections and stuff. It just like opened up that whole world for me. Super stoked, but I had the unfortunate, um, I don't know how to put this, the unfortunate luck of having the carbon unifoil T-mast, which I don't know if any of your listeners are going to be too familiar with the amazing design on that product, but for some reason, their fuselages or the connection point for the front wing is a different size on every single fuselage. <laughs> it in. I don't know how that happened, but it did. Uh, none of the wings actually fit any of the Takuma fuselages I have, but one of them, it just like, it just broke out of nowhere. It like sheared the bolt in half and the connection point splintered upwards, which I didn't realize at first. So I'm like, I'm getting worse at foiling. This, this is, is story, terrible. Yes. I, I just like can't figure it out. I was about to just throw in the towel and just like call it quits. And then Alex came over one day and he's like, dude, your mask is just broken like the angle on your front wing is like straight up i don't know how i didn't ever realize that but um i remember you, some comment you're like i'm getting worse at foiling every session 
yeah. I remember thinking, yeah. ah, it's just phases, man. That's yeah. how it goes. Like, well, I feel the same way. It was it getting looser and starting to change directions. And then, um, no, I, now I'm riding a No Limits with a Takuma Fuse. And the No Limits is excellent. I love it. But the Takuma's design that like hex design for the front wing does not handle torsional force well at all so if you're like hauling down the line like super you know a lot of energy loaded up on that wing it just doesn't take it you can feel it flex and pop and come out of place puts a lot of pressure on those bolts especially your weight your size too (laughs) foiling at 220 is not (laughs) it's funny people be like oh you need to try the you know 1095 and i'm like Okay, that's like my 1210, basically. <laughs> yeah, it takes a lot of extra energy. But yeah, had kind of a rough experience with some of those products. I'm still riding them because, you know, kind of financially at the behest of what we have <laughs> available to us. Still great wings, still love them. But I rode um, Eric's uh, Progression 170 on his board, which another point, uh, the board I was on, was just so waterlogged at this point and i was dealing with like the flex and my mast and the flex in the wing it was just like this horrible trifecta of that was a used board that you'd been riding for a year basically i actually bought it new and then like any beginner i just like beat the piss out of it hitting sandbars and stuff it just it took a beating but i hopped on eric's setup and i thought i was riding like a piece of concrete i don't know how else to describe it it was like so solid like Every pump was like tons of feedback, really responsive on turns. It's Everything crazy the nice, difference it tight. Makes. Yeah. Yeah. The design on those is incredible. But yeah, the I'll I'll leave Takuma oh. in my good graces. <laughs> <laughs> so the the other story I wanted to talk about, and I hope you remember the session. It was you, myself, and Alex. We were doing uh, a shore runner. <laughs> yeah. And we were just so desperate to get in the water. It was summer. I believe it was summer. It was dead set of dead summer. Dead summer. Weird. Yeah. Worst we conditions you could horrible, imagine. Horrible. But just enough like south wind to, you know, to push the energy, you know, north and, and be able to kind of do shore runner. Problem yeah. was, it was extreme low tide. The bars were completely built up and you had about a second and a half to get on foil and dip <laughs> yeah. out the back. And then there was people summer there was littered with people too and so we're trying to be cool not we're trying not to you know run people over or or, you know buzz the tower trying to find little pockets where a wave will actually break and get up on foil and go and i remember (laughs) i remember this like we went i I guess probably only two miles but yeah it took took like three (laughs) hours it took forever (laughs) yeah and i i had never done alex was like i'm doing a shore runner with brian come with and i was like i I can't do that yet. Like I'm not, I'm not even close to there. Made it happen somehow. Anyways, it's funny. Like you caught a wave. Uh, I think it was your second wave. You actually like made it back out, but I watched how far you pumped out. And I was like, I, I, I can't, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm going to have to sit in closer to shore. I was like so nervous about going that far out. I remember telling you guys, just, you got to go out, go straight out yeah. to where you don't want to go. Sounds great on paper. And then like, <laughs> I don't know, you breach and yeah, that bad paddle of shame back in the shore. But I was super stoked because Alex is a Alex is a great foiler and I ended up like light years ahead of him somehow. Like I had gotten up to the pier, pretty close to the pier. So like, you know, three three quarters of a mile from where we started. And I'm stoked. I'm like, I'm actually doing okay. Then he caught a wave and he was just gone. Just way, way ahead of me at that point. You were already I think you had done a circle like you had got to our yeah, destination was, got out walked back and then two or three laps that back day, in. but it's lucky yeah it was tough conditions i learned a lot from that just having to get up so quick and then learning to read bumps is a whole art in itself that you know i can surf a wave fine but tapping into the energy in those smaller bumps that are a little bit offshore is a it's a different game finding that energy and where to stay yeah, I'm always diving through a trough and then losing everything. It's just like, okay, I gotta rethink my strategy here a little bit. But it, it can get really technical. Yeah. yeah, like you have to stay precise. Yeah, you have to keep your speeds within certain ranges and your card matching with your cardio and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, when it's when it's not cranking, downwinding is so much more difficult. 
Yeah, like the it, small, it was tough. The small, the small, slower days are much more difficult. It's, okay, it's kind of like opposite of surf, you know. That's, it, that's good enough. You know, the big days are much more difficult than learning or or riding when it's small. You know. Yeah, I want I want to get in into that some more because I see like all of you boys going like miles, and it just looks like such a great time. But that my biggest inhibitor is cardio. I'm like after a two three wave dip, I'm like about to throw up <laughs> like it's so brutal <laughs> so when you see these guys doing like you know five seven ten miles i just like i can't even fathom what, it's, it what just, that does it, it comes down to like those when it's good you're not gassed at all like the okay, sure my my <laughs> my pr was from uh you know ponte Vedra down to the poles that's and, ins- just insane and the day was just so good that I was going to get out. I parked at Austin's down, you know, in Atlantic beach. And that's like about eight miles from where I started, something like that. And the run was just so good. I I didn't care. I'm like, I'm, I'm keep going. I was like, it was like, I was in a gleeful, like, I'm going to run this truck straight into the, to the, to the wall. You know, I can't, I can't stop. It had no brakes, you know, (laughs) it was just that good. And, and I wasn't gassed whatsoever. Cardio was completely fine. Cause the day was just good. Was, okay. And and you get out there and once you get further offshore, the swells are pushing even more parallel to the beach. They start to corduroy up. Um, so I guess my point is, yeah, it, it's so dependent on equipment technique and having a proper day. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that. But you do have the skills for it. <laughs> we're, we're slowly getting there. I'm going to start harassing you. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go. Man, I, I just love the prone aspect of this so much more than anything. I've done some like flat water dock start stuff, which is way harder than it looks, but like that's fun to tool around on. Uh, going behind the boat is fun, but like nothing beats just like a good prone session to me, which I haven't tried the other disciplines with like the wing or the kite or anything yet, but. Well, isn't that the only sessions you do then? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, the shorter. only thing I do is what I love the most. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's so much fun. Well, that was that that session, that nightmare low tide session was. I mean, that was summer. You know, that was quite a while ago. Yeah. And I know you have more skills and better equipment now, and and I'm certain you could do it. I mean, you already you already did it. Now it's just. How far can you go? Yeah, how far and, can I take and it? refining, refining technique and stuff. Yeah, like it that. got a lot harder as I got heavier. There's some like diminishing returns, right? All the working out, you gotta play a careful balance. Because uh, yeah, foiling at 220 when you're when you think you're 180 is just like not. <laughs> it does not feel good. That's hard for me to fathom. Like it's I, a lot of weight to. That's a lot of throw weight around. It's yeah. a lot of weight on the equipment, on the gear. You know, the boards, yeah. the you know the the tracks, all that. Um, I've had this conversation with a bunch of people before about, oh, this setup is so flexy. This is this, this is this. What, what do you feel about it? And I'm like, I honestly, that feels pretty stiff to me, Yeah. but I'm 160 pounds. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it, yeah, it doesn't, you know, flex doesn't affect me nearly as much as it would you. Exactly. Yeah. Alex, I always have like Alex or any, any one of you guys, I'm like, Hey, try this setup. Tell me what you think. Right, Just let me so know I can help, is... you know, get dialed in. Alex is like, yeah, this is like way, way too much lift, way too stiff. And I'm like, you're, I guess Add you are 170 pounds, pounds. Yeah. <laughs> 70, 80 pounds of that. And, yeah. It's uh, good to consider that when you hear people talking about what gear is the best, it's like, okay, yeah. they might not, they might weigh 120 pounds. Like you, had, it's a different game at that point. I've had different theories on weight. Like the foils seem to lift so well. They're so, you know, there's so much up force on them that I used to feel like, ah, you know, being seen someone ride like the old, uh, what, uh, Armstrong 1050. Yeah. I've seen, like I've had buddies like 100, like Skyrama, I'm thinking of 190 pounds and he could still pump that thing. Um, and I guess my point is like, it kind of tricked me thinking it wasn't that big of a deal, but it's a huge deal. But looking back, it's like, he's probably putting way more, you know, cardio energy into it, being a bigger dude, having to move, you know, I mean, that thing just sinks. (laughs) If you're not up and on it, it's just sinking like crazy. Alex is like, you need, you need to let it glide more. I'm like, it doesn't, it just doesn't. (laughs) I'm maxed out here, dog. Yeah. Well, uh, is there anything you'd like to, 
any parting words? Anything we didn't cover? Um, what do you want to talk about? Yeah. So I have now been lucky enough to try and help two people get into foiling. And I think there's just one piece of advice that I haven't really heard too much yet that I think carries the furthest. And it's like, tell me if this is too discouraging or not, but like you will never be able to do this unless you do it a lot getting started. Like there is no like surfing. You can kind of, you know, hop on a, a softy once a month and you'll, you'll be able to surf. You'll be able to get there. But foiling the experience I had at least was like, if you are not all in and trying to grind after this, it's just, it's going to be like near impossible, but it's so rewarding to like put that time in and, and get that. I agree and disagree. Okay. Let me, I agree let me in the it. sense that it's like you decide to foil or not. It's not like I'm yeah. going to try, you know, it's, it's a, <clears throat> excuse me. It's certainly, it's a, it is an all in type commitment. If you want to yeah. learn out in the ocean behind a boat, it's okay. so much easier. That's a good you know, point. You have control. Yeah. Everything is c- controlled. You know, you're, you're freaking being dragged for, for good sake. Yeah. Right. Um, the wing also full commitment. It's that's probably okay. one of the hardest learning curves. To I haven't break even through. gotten there yet. It looks fun though. It's a blast. We're going to get you out there. Um, so in, in, in that manner, yeah, I agree and disagree, but it's definitely, it's, it's a decision. Like, yeah, like you gotta you go don't just try foiling. You're like, I'm going to foil buy your own damn gear or someone that's going to let you borrow for a long time. <laughs> for a long time. Yeah. And then yeah. you put in the reps for sure. Especially, especially in the ocean. Yeah, exactly. Which is, that's, I was lucky enough to get a few sessions behind a jet ski, but really the first six months was just straight up in the ocean, just getting slammed over and over and over again. Um, took probably eight months before I could actually like, maybe make one connection but also you know surf around and like and pump a little bit so part of that i give to just you being big and our swell is small and weak. <laughs> that's a factor there too not the best condition i think if ever. you're on you know you're on Kauai for a couple months you'd be out there pumping around already yeah it's got so much more energy yeah and here you're so like if low tide hits while i'm at work it's just like all right i'm not getting a session today like you're right yeah we have narrow windows too super narrow very very tide dependent um and it's such a pump centric game we have here on our sandbars yeah especially when you were learning how the bars were set up it was not much time to get on your feet no you gotta be off the bar and pump out which is a really tough game it was but uh with that like i said I i tell people it's really difficult but so rewarding and like the amount you're able to learn from it like now my understanding of you know the ocean and the tides and everything like i had a good foundation from that coming from surfing but like with foiling like you just got to be on it you got to know what's going on when and yeah it's great learning experience some an ass kicker though (laughs) for sure definitely sound advice man um any any parting words here um yeah just stay getting after it whether photos videos or or foiling just like the more you do it the better you get um as the age-old saying goes just putting in the reps is the only thing that'll get you there discipline exactly (laughs) (laughs) that thing i guess i have (laughs) um tell the listeners again where they can find you online uh so instagram it's fins x lens so fins letter x in lens like a camera uh, i've got a website it's lofi media.com and that's l-o-x-f-i media.com um open yeah, to open to some work out there if anyone's in florida looking to hire yeah if you aren't looking for family portrait sessions uh and you want some surf photos hit me up for <laughs> sure there you go <laughs> if you need family portrait sessions i'll point you in the right direction Awesome, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks for coming on, Logan. Absolutely. It was, it, was, it was really fun learning a little more about you, getting to know you a little better, your story. And um, and I take a lot of motivation from you, from your grind and hustle. Thanks, and, man. Uh, and you, your work. Um, super appreciated for the work we've done together, the images you created. Um, you printed out uh, a big-ass, beautiful photo for me of, I believe, the first, uh, one of the first, or your first shoot that was published. Yep. And so um, that's even more special to me that that was, you know, we worked together 
you got published that way. Yeah. And now you printed it out for me. Thank you very much. That's of course, definitely man. prized. And yeah, yeah, yeah is, exactly. Which is, I don't know. It just makes me stoked, man, that now you're published and you're off to the races and um, took that ball running with it. Did the Armstrong campaign, which turned out amazing. Um, big things ahead, man. Yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate all of it. All right, brother. Thanks for coming on. Much aloha. Thank you for listening, everyone. Please, uh, if you enjoy these episodes, like, subscribe. You know, we're we're up here fighting the algorithms <laughs> tooth and nail. Um, feed it. Feed, feed the algorithm. The, the algo's hungry. Um, so, yeah, please like, subscribe, share this episode. Um, I could really use a review on iTunes and and any uh, any fuck what's that called any platform any platform (laughs) any platform you're on um yeah throw a review would be super helpful and as a reminder this episode is brought to you by realwatersports.com real water sports is a place uh is a online store as well as a physical store where they just carry in a massive amount of um, surfboards foil gear wing gear you name it they have a hotel on site lessons um, in foiling, kiting, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so huge gratitude and thanks going out to Real Water Sports. Please use uh, my affiliate code, Foil of the World. When you go to checkout, uh, I get a little taste and uh, you get an upgraded shipping for free and it helps support the show. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening and Foil the World. Mm-hmm.